Welcome to the Momentum Matters podcast, where we have courageous conversations with women leaders. We'll hear about their accomplishments, their experiences, their challenges, and best advice. If you're inspired by women who have overcome the barriers and gone on to do extraordinary things, you're in the right place. My name is Karen Teradis. I'm the founder and CEO of Social U, a digital marketing firm offering social media management, training, and consulting. Our guest for today's episode is Claire Gray, Manager of Community Outreach at Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Center. Forge offers breast cancer survivors and their loved ones support, knowledge, strength, and direction. Now here's our host, April Benatolo, CEO at Momentum Leaders, a Birmingham-based nonprofit on a mission to advance women in leadership. Welcome to Momentum Matters. I am here today with Claire Gray. She is the manager of community outreach at Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Center. And she is also an Upward graduate uh, of Momentum. Claire, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, April. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So you are our first podcast guest that is actually also a graduate from Momentum's Upward Early Career Leadership Program. So the first thing I wanted to do is just see if you would share with our audience, you know, what kind of led you to participate in Upward and uh, yeah, so how you decided to go down that path. Yeah, well, it's an honor to be first and blaze that uh, trail. So I remember receiving an email from a former boss and mentor who she forwarded on the announcement seeking applications for Upward and said, I think you should take a look at this. And I think you'd be really, you'd really benefit from it. And I remember just kind of looking at it, tossing it to the side, thinking, I've got so much going on right now. I'm a little overwhelmed, but it kept kind of pinging in the back of my mind. And at the time I was in this position where I was in somewhat of a flux. I, we had had um, change within my department where I was. And so where I had been a peer, I was now acting in a managerial role. And I felt unfit, unprepared, um, treading water almost was how I felt. And so when that upward email came through and I looked and I thought this is something I could really benefit from. And I think that will help me not only now, but in the future as I do seek uh, to grow in my career. So I um, ended up applying, was selected and, and the rest is history. Yeah, so glad that you did um, because you were a great contributor to that first class. So, um, yeah, we were super happy uh, to have you there. So um, what were the top things about that experience that you, you know, if you kind of dust off all the the teachings from the year, what were the top things that you feel like you retained and that really shaped uh, your current leadership style? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I think there's a whole laundry list of them. So it's it's hard to narrow it down. I actually keep my uh, momentum binder next to me at my desk at work and flip through it on occasion. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that really stuck out with me early on was this session where we really discussed strength and weaknesses and really looking at your purpose. Um, you know, what is it, what are the passions that you have? Who do you serve? And then what do you want from your career? Because for me, at least at that point, I hadn't really taken that step back to look at it. And so many sessions, I mean, you went from presentations and knowing your worth to 
um, communication. And if there's one thing that I've really drawn, it's it's communication. Um, I also remember April early on you leading a session and asking people how many people felt like they deserved to be in the room at that time, um, you know, in this feeling of imposter syndrome. And it's not really something where everybody was, you know, you had your hand maybe a quarter of the way raised, but almost every woman in the room raised her hand. And it was these doubts that we have as women of our professional worth. And you said every single one of you was selected to be here and has a purpose in being here. And just having that affirmation that of your worth was incredible. And so reminding me to know my worth when I go into a room, when I'm making a presentation or when I'm speaking with someone, knowing that I do have a seat at that table um, and that what I bring is valid. And, you know, that to me is, there aren't words that, that I can use to, to know what that's given me in my career. Yeah. So I don't remember if I uh, used this with your class, but one thing that I do often tell uh, people that are, especially women that are struggling with that imposter syndrome is remember um, you, you have the membership card that you need. And when you walk into a room and you're feeling a little bit uh, inferior or you're not sure how, how to approach things to just envision I have the membership card. I've got the momentum membership card in my back pocket and I deserve to be here. I am exactly where I am supposed to be in this moment. Um, and, and that has helped me uh, a, a lot of times through situations where I didn't feel I was up and ready for it. Um, so that's something I always love to share. What advice do you have for an early career woman that would be maybe where you were a few years ago and considering either a career change or a program like Upward? What would you tell her? Give it a chance. Um, you know, like I said, I didn't feel like I had the qualifications to be at the Upward table. I thought, gosh, this is a real leap of faith. And if they choose me, Wow. Um, but I was selected to be there and I learned so much. And, you know, you're in that room digging deep with other women who have the same um, fears or hangups about who they are as career women. And there's so much that you can gain in the power of that group, um, your co-mentoring group. So the smaller group that um, I was put into really empowered me to even think about making changes and it really just opened up so many doors for me from a, from a career perspective. Um, I was recently matched through Momentum with a mentee. Um, so I put my name in as I'd be willing to do that. And um, I'll be honest, I was, I was nervous uh, to, to start that. It's my first time doing a formal mentorship. But I have so many resources at my disposal through Momentum both from what I learned during Upward and drawing on those, but also the resources that you all provide. And it's been so rewarding um, and we're just getting started. So, you know, I say give it a chance because, you know, if you don't try it, you'll, you'll never know. And you don't know, you know, we, none of us have a crystal ball of what's going to happen five years down the road. And I think it's better than any of us can imagine. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned um, the mentoring program because for our audience, a lot of people, a lot of people may not know that Momentum provides that program and that it is free and open to anyone to uh, to request a mentor. And we also do actively recruit 
mentors who would be willing to serve. So thank you for doing that. Um, and, and I thought it was very interesting when I first started mentoring that, uh, yeah, I, I kind of thought that the um, reward would be all for the mentee. But as I soon discovered, I learned so much about myself in mentoring others and um, was wondering if, if you've experienced that as well. Yeah. And it's already been incredibly rewarding for me. You know, we've just started our relationship and we're kind of a month or so into it, but, you know, we met and I had this opportunity to share my story and to share about who I am and my philosophy. And then she was able to do that. And we've got um, goals that we've set. We have tactical items that we're doing together. We have set our meeting schedule. And for me, that's just rewarding to see the benefit that hopefully uh, my mentee will will gain from this relationship. But for me, um, I'm finding new um, leadership qualities in myself that I may have forgotten that I had or maybe hadn't identified yet in having this one-on-one relationship. So it's been incredible. And I'm so fortunate that I'm in this position and, um, you know, that momentum offers this to women in the community because I'd say anyone who wants one or even doesn't think they want one, seek a mentor because it really is just a beautiful relationship. Yeah. Well, Claire, I'd like to um, be mindful of our time and and I would like to uh, ask you about how you came to make the decision and I, if I'm not mistaken, you made this decision during your year at Upward, but to make that decision to um, go with the Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Center. So tell us about how that how that came about and what was going on in your mind. And and really, we need to, for the audience's sake, we need to um, tell them what Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Center is. Yeah. So it was a direct result of Upward and Momentum that I found myself at Forge. Um, So I'll say prior to meeting the executive director, I'd never heard of Forge. And what Forge is, um, Forge Breast Cancer Survivor Center serves um, women and men who have received a breast cancer diagnosis. And it's from that day of diagnosis until really they no longer need, need that support. And it's in any different means of support. And Forge was created back in 2016. So when I came on board in the middle of 2019, it was a young, young organization. And honestly, in 2021, still is a very young organization. Um, And I think what led me directly to Forge, well, there are a few things. Um, One is that really it's kind of an organization of women. We are all women who work here just by chance but really for women. Now, men do get breast cancer, um, but primarily that demographic is one in eight women as opposed to about one in 900 men. So working with women for women was really a powerful and exciting opportunity for me. But also it was an opportunity for me to stretch my legs because my background is in um, nonprofit fundraising. And Forge at the time was a special project of the Community Foundation of Greater Birmingham and the four area hospitals. So it wasn't even a 501c3 yet. It was it was a little baby organization. Um, and so I was brought on board really to kind of create that first fundraising and sustainability plan and to get Forge out in the community. Oh, and also do the marketing, which for me 
that was a skill set that I was very nervous about. It's not my background, but again, you know, I, I attribute it to like knowing my worth, knowing um, that I have that, you know, momentum card in my back pocket and I can lean on people. And that's what led me to make that change was it was a really exciting new opportunity um, to work in kind of a healthcare setting um, and really make an impact on people's lives when they're at their most vulnerable and in some of those darkest days. Yeah. So last month was Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I imagine you were called and pulled and, and asked <laughs> to come speak and um, move in in six, 7,000 different directions. What, what was that month? What was that like? What was the reception like? And, and what kind of are the, um, what has been the evolution or what have you witnessed as changes um, at Forge? as a result of the pandemic. So lots loaded into one question. Yeah, well, and lots that I can share about that. So yes, October is by far our busiest month. So, you know, we are not actively in the prevention space at Forge. What we said, now, do not hear me say that. I want every person out there to go get a mammogram, to know their risk, to know family history, genetics. Um, but where Forge really comes into is that day of diagnosis. So when someone hears those devastating and traumatic words of you have breast cancer, that there's a resource in the community and we help with all of the non-medical. Um, so from that perspective, October was um, crazy <laughs> in that we were all over um, really central Alabama sharing about who we are, the services that we provide, um, and then how people can get to know us and what we did was we uh, hosted a number of different programs. We hosted our very first fundraiser, which was actually an incredible event. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a fashion show that we used local designers with 10 of our clients and volunteers um, to really empower them, to let them know that they matter, their story matters, but also that they are more than just a breast cancer diagnosis. And so that was a huge success for us. And the community really rallied around us. Um, it was the haute pink? Yes, haute pink. Haute couture. And that, yeah, the pronunciation that. is great. You know, we just kept saying hot because we're in Alabama. Um, but that is, it is French. <laughs> but um, so October, you know, was a busy month for us. But I think our big reminder is that breast cancer is not just October. Women are diagnosed all throughout the year. And so we want them to know that at any point in their journey, they can come to Forge. And we do any manner of different supports from kind of that non-medical point of view. So we offer professional mental health counseling free to women, um, their families, whoever needs it, because it's not just the person, those caregivers, the children, the um, parents, siblings, neighbors, they're all affected by this diagnosis. So um, we also want people to be able to get to treatment. So we offer support through um, rides to treatment, lift rides, gas cards, grocery cards, because it is expensive. Um, but then the, the programmatic side about, of it, building that community of women who have that shared diagnosis. So through support groups, um, we have an incredible group of volunteers that work one-on-one -on -one with these women and then just fun programming as well, because we found a lot of times when you do something like flower arranging or a chocolate tasting, 
you know, you have a lighthearted event, but really some deep discussions can come through that where people can share really their vulnerable side. So we, our biggest goal is really to create this community of survivors who feel empowered um, to, to take an active role in their life um, beyond breast cancer. Yeah, I think you mentioned that when you came to speak with our momentum group as well, that when you when you have this programming and sort of the the triangulation, the the focus of two women is on something that they're doing and in in that allows them to open up and really talk about um, what they're experiencing in a way they may not have if they were sitting down expressly to speak of that. Correct. And, you know, COVID gave us kind of that opportunity to pivot in a, in a strange way in that we, you know, none of us were leaving our houses. We couldn't meet one-on-one, but we could share through a computer screen. And so that's where we really pivoted and were able to build that community virtually. And we still continue to build that community virtually. Many of our programs are hybrid or we do have some that are specifically um, virtual But with COVID, it gave us the opportunity to really think about what's relevant, what matters to people in their journey, and then how can we be there to provide those supports. And quite honestly, because we're a young organization, we have the ability to pivot. We have the ability to throw the spaghetti noodles on the wall, see which ones stick, and then go from there. And that's where COVID really gave us that opportunity was... um, to respond to the needs of the community and to actively seek to, to work there. And so in a, in a normal sense, in a post COVID, we can feel fairly safe about meeting again world. Um, If I come to forge, what can I expect to experience? What can I expect to feel? So we have an incredible um, home. It really is a home. That's where our office is. And Um, It really is a community space and an opportunity to come together. So we have classes here right now. They're they're smaller, again, because we're trying to be very mindful. Um, But the opportunity to come and take a weaving class or to come enjoy a cup of coffee or if your spouse or neighbor takes, you know, someone to a treatment and they need a place to hang out in between, that's what Forge is. It is a community hub where we want people to come feel safe, join in community with others over a puzzle or a book or whatever it may be. Um, but that's, that is our ultimate goal is to provide that space for everyone um, to come together. And you also partner and offer some counseling. Yes. Yes. So we offer um, free counseling to our clients Um, that's someone who has kind of gone through an intake process with us where we really identify goals, um, and opportunities for them to succeed. And then we will make referrals to Oasis Counseling for Women and Children. Um, they are our partner and an incredible partner in that, um, anyone we refer can receive free counseling from Oasis that Forge, uh, pays for on their behalf. And that's such a great resource just because mental health is a big part of a diagnosis. Yeah, So Claire, post COVID, um, what are the expansion plans for Forge? I mean, we're very fortunate to have you here in Birmingham, but of course, women all across the state are getting this diagnosis. 
That's right. And so that's where, you know, I think COVID also gave us that opportunity opportunity to see where we need to be. And I would say we've done some organic expansion um, beyond our five county area here, um, just because we have virtual opportunities now through Zoom or other platforms. But I would say ultimately our goal is to serve women statewide and to not have barriers. So while our physical office may be here in Birmingham, we have the opportunity through virtual components or with partnerships um, to serve women who may be down in Mobile, Huntsville, Montgomery, and every small town in between. Um, So our goal, I think, is ultimately to move to statewide for breast cancer. And that is because, to our knowledge, we're the only organization offering these types of support statewide. So you don't have to be just in Birmingham um, to receive that support. We want any woman in Alabama to, to be able to access us. Right. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. We we found something similar through COVID that we, you know, in, in amping up our online programming, starting this podcast, uh, starting a YouTube channel um, and doing monthly webinars that we were able to really, you know, enlarge and move beyond these geographic barriers okay. and reach a whole lot more people. And even once things resume and, you know, we can do a lot of in-person programming again, you don't want to, you don't want to give that up, you know, because it's, it's all a good thing. That's exactly right. I mean, we have some of our very successful programs, like we offer coffee conversations, which are in essence a podcast, but it's a conversation with someone over, um, you know, a breast cancer related topic. And those have become very popular and they're entirely virtual. And I don't see those going away just because we can, hopefully safely gather without barriers. Um, We want people to see us. And so likewise, I mean, we started a YouTube channel, we started those conversations and it gives people the opportunity to access a resource that they need um, regardless of where they are. You know, interestingly enough, we had someone join us um, early on in COVID. She found us um, and she lives in Washington state. Yes. You know, we don't, really serve Washington state, but since we were virtual, we said, sure, come on. And it was so interesting because it was actually her dad who had had breast cancer, but she had kind of been reeling from that. And so she would join certain virtual programs and interact with us. And she was on, um, we do something called morning pages. It's a journaling program. And she would had joined that one early Monday morning. So she's on Pacific time. So she's joining at 6 a.m., Um, And she messaged one of our staff members in the chat privately and just said, like, thanks so much. I received my breast cancer diagnosis yesterday. Oh, wow. And but she'd found that community through us. And that was a very humbling experience for us that, you know, in the darkness of COVID and the darkness of, you know, so many less diagnoses, we were able to make that impact on this woman and hopefully countless others. So she first contacted you in order to support her father and then she received her own diagnosis. So that's exactly right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone does receive a diagnosis, what is their, their first step? So we want to make it easy. And honestly, a lot of times people are so overwhelmed. They don't know how to pick up the phone. So we can do it any number of ways. 
we've reached out to so many doctors, um, you know, surgeons, oncologists all across the area to say, if you have someone that gets that diagnosis, give them our information. So a doctor can refer directly to us if their patient gives them permission, and then we can contact that person. If someone um, decides they're completely overwhelmed, they can just give us a call and it's very easy. We have both a local number and a 1-800 number. Um, you can email us. There's no real formal process for getting in touch with us. We just want it to be easy. You know, a lot of times the voicemails I actually get are from, Hey, my niece was diagnosed and I'm trying to get some resources for her or my neighbor's going through a really tough time. What can I do for her? And I say, if, he, if she gives you permission for us to call, we can do that. Here's our website, which also is a great first step. And it's just forgeon.org. And it lists a bunch, of re, a bunch of resources because a lot of times we find that people need a few different touch points before they're willing to make that call and say, hey, I, I really do need help. I'm struggling. So um, phone, email, website, referral from a doctor, any way you want to get in touch with us, we want to be there. So what is that 1-800 number? Great question, April. I don't, you know, I've been working for Momentum for five years now, and I still don't know our main number or my direct line by heart. Just can't get it. And social you is not going to include that in the blooper reel. <laughs> I might get fired. <laughs> Okay, here we go. We got it. I hesitated to ask you that question, but I really want it included in them. So I have both. Or I'll give you both. So go ahead and ask, and I have access to them both right now. Okay, now we both rearrange our hair, so we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So Claire, one thing I do want to make sure our audience gets a chance to hear is what that 800 number is. Yeah, absolutely. So it is 1-800-811-8925. And then if someone's local and just wants to call locally without that, it's 205-838-6159. And chances are you may get me, you may get Janet, our client services coordinator, but we have a small team and we're all here and ready to help. Awesome. And the website again is forgeon.org. Great, great. And um, so that that's how someone can get started if they have received a diagnosis or they know someone who has received a diagnosis or they're caring for someone who has received Correct. a diagnosis. If someone would like to help out, they would like to volunteer, um, how does one go about doing that? Yeah, so we have a volunteer application and process, and that's on our website, like I said, at forjohn.org. Um, and there's an opportunity that says, I want to give back. I want to help those in my community. And so fill out a volunteer application. We have um, volunteer trainings throughout the year, and it's kind of a it's about a six hour training where people learn kind of the basics of breast cancer from the different types to how to be an active listener and advocate for other people. You know, one thing we always ask our volunteers is like, you're not going to tell someone what to do, but you can share your experience. You can give them um, hope and strength. 
Um, but really what we see from people is they just want that shoulder to lean on someone to talk to. And that's what our volunteers can do. And so anyone, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. We see people that are like, well, my experience was only this, like I didn't, I didn't go through chemotherapy. I just had radiation. That's still a really valid experience that a lot of women, a lot of women have. And so anyone who's been impacted by breast cancer, if they want to give back in any way, um, we would love to have them. We're always looking for volunteers. Fantastic. Claire, I wish you the best through the expansion with um, Forge. So proud to have you um, be part of that organization and so proud to have that organization right here in Birmingham. I mean, how fortunate are we? Um, And I'm excited to see where it grows from here. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, April. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye.